Welcome to the official catch-up Lowland League edition. It's myself, Ben, and today I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, I'm doing not too bad. Uh, the, only, the only dodgy thing is, is I'm back on the sort of vegetarian diet and I ate this, was it mushroom, brie and cranberry parcel thing? I <laughs> ate it before we started recording, so no, it's no went down well, let's put it that way. <laughs> fair days, fair days. I had the sausage and mash from my dinner, so that was quite nice. Uh, nice for old school dinner for me there, but I enjoyed it. Uh, just a shout out to our sponsors, this, uh, the, shocker, the Soccer Shop Direct. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Soccer Shop D. Check out the website on www.thesuckershopdirect.com for your team wear and football equipment needs. Uh, so we're going to look at the, the Lowland League. Gareth Aberdeen uh, Rovers had a Dubai week and Dalbiti versus Bonus was off because of a waterlogged pitch. I mean, the weather conditions of the weekend probably wasn't great for football, was it, Chris? No, I wasn't. Uh, and just a wee sad note, we, we lost a few people uh, recently. Uh, Frankie Styles, the honorary president of Dalbiti Star, died last week, sadly. Mr. Dalbiti Star himself, uh, he wasn't the only one. Um, you know, it's, it's been, been a bit of a strange week, uh, weather aside and football aside, where Frankie uh, Curtis Wilson, the Dalbiti Star defender, put a brilliant tribute out for him. And uh, when what would have been the program for the bonus game? But he put out on Twitter the catch up uh, Twitter's retweeted it. So yeah, very very sad. And and um, Saturday afternoon we we lost uh, Sir Sean Connery, who we've mentioned a few times when I try and do the sponsor. Legendary uh, Scottish actor, and he, he played for uh, Bonnie Rig Rose uh, in the nineteen fifties. Man, what a, what a loss that is. He's one of those guys that. I guess he, he's one of them characters that you just never think are going to die. Uh, had, yeah, yeah. You know, a 90-year-old. Uh, and obviously the sadder, the, well, they're all sad, obviously, but Marius Saliukas dying at 36, that was a that was a, a, a really bad one for, a scary one, actually, dying at that age. No one should be dying at that age, man. Yeah, very, very young. A great player as well for, for both hearts. And they played Rangers as well, I think. Yeah. He was at Rangers for a bit as well. Uh, but a great, great player. Uh, you can see all the, the Hearts fans pouring out their tributes to him because he was one of their probably in recent times probably one of their legends if you like in, in that kind of the Lithuanian kind of Romanov era and he was always probably the, the guy you remember um, from that kind of era and that side so yeah sad to hear about Zalewskis for sure and it's, others of course that's scary that is honestly quite scary at 36 year old I think it was a heart attack um, oh was yeah, it right okay um, Harry Midlovian, obviously, they they won the the Scottish Cup semi final against Hibs. A good wee tribute there for uh, for him, but uh, it's quite sad. They've posted a few videos out, and it's the former club captain, obviously. And I think in, in football we might have our wee rivalries on the pitch and off them and that, eh? but all a part of the football and family, mate. Hundred percent. I think I just read on Twitter there before we we started him. Kevin Nisbet, the Hibs player's dad, passed away on Wednesday. And he played them. He played on Saturday in the semi-final. So um, condolences again uh, to Kevin Nisbet um, and his family. But um, able to play the game on on Saturday you know, afternoon, about what four days after your dad passing, is it's highly commendable for for Nisbet. He, uh, obviously, was didn't want to miss the match, but very must be very very difficult to play a football match. And I was like myself, and it happened to me. And I don't think I could have kicked a ball never mind playing a, in a semi-final at professional level football. Um, so, so fair play to him. Well, moving on, I guess. Um, the conditions weren't decent, to be honest, mate. But uh, we'll, we'll try our best. To, I noticed there was a few sort of lacklustre match updates. I think it's maybe uh, the, the cold fingers playing. Uh, either that or the wind not giving uh, the best of uh, football in action. But... It was a it was a horrible day. We were at, uh, at home to to Blantyre Vixen. I was laughing because oh, we lost two one, but the all three goals were um, were wind assisted. You know, they were like <laughs> one was a a ball that, that was lumped forward, and the keeper came out to catch it, but the wind just caught it and took over his head. We scored from a corner that you would never be able to score from unless the wind had thrown it in the goal, and their goal was a a similar kind of wind assisted play. So. Not a great day for, for goalkeepers, for sure, um, when it comes to the wind and, and the rain. But uh, there was a few games played in the in the Lowland League, so we'll, um, we'll start off with the Vale Eden versus East Stirlingshire game. Uh, it was a 7-0 thrashing for Shire. A great result for them, and again, another clean sheet on the board for, for them. They, they kind of started earlier, Victoria Park, six minutes in. It was a 
great. Uh, Jamie Dishington, Diving Header, uh, was saved on the line by the, the Vela Levin keeper. Uh, a minute later, uh, Dishington slots uh, Andy Rogers clean through one on one with the keeper, and the keeper outstretched, uh, outstretched leg, turns it wide. Uh, two really decent chances for Shire early on. And again, uh, two minutes later, on the ninth minute, Rogers again clean through after a smart run in behind the defence, lobs keeper, but it's just over the bar. They did get the first goal. Uh, great work by Dean Watson, uh, who's on loan to Partick Fisher. Not to be confused with the Dean Watson that plays for Gretna. We've got another doppelganger. I think that's the third time this season in the Lone League that someone has uh, has got the same name. Uh, he sees his shot saved and the rebound is picked up by Craig Henderson, who weaves his way around the fullback before firing home. 1-0 Shire. There was a bit of a, uh, a horrific tackle um, that seen uh, a veil player against uh, a straight red so uh, Vale were down to 10 men before the half hour mark there was a wee bit of an argument I believe between the sort of Vale management I think they were booked as well uh, but I, from what I've heard it was a bit of a shocking shocking tackle obviously with the straight red it kind of says it all uh, 29 minutes it was a penalty to Shire as um, the, the man we were just talking about Dean Watson was brought down Andy Rogers stepped up and made it 2-0 from the penalty spot Five minutes later on the 34th minute, and Andy Rogers makes it free with a back post header from a great Jamie Dishington cross. 42 minutes, Greg Wilde makes it four with a fine left foot finish from the edge of the box. And just before half time, Jamie Dishington made it 5-0. Uh, second half, Lee Haddon makes it six with a cool finish. And on the 77th minute, uh, Andy Rogers gets his hat-trick after finishing from six yards after their great work by Haddon to open up the defence. Uh, the gaffer did get a wee run out, I noticed, um, on the 80th minute, which is obviously great to see. Uh, the young young lads, uh, the young boy, Del Ur, and uh, the young lad, uh, Andy, Andy Shearer on the midfield. I like that there from East Stollinger. And uh, they all did get a penalty in the 89th minute. It was a bit of a, a bizarre one. Uh, Mario knees the ball into his face, uh, onto his arm, and the ref points to the spot. He, he got a burst nose for his trouble there. But the penalty was saved by Ross Connolly, who, you know, it was a really decent dive to the right, and he, he managed to save a route really for um, for uh, East Lancashire. Not very good from Vale, uh, but I don't think the sending off plus the, the horrible conditions would have helped them in that match, Ben. No, I think it was a it definitely was a bad day for 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 all concerned. That at Vale, good to see Shire scoring a lot of goals and continuing that clean sheet run that they've been on. I think we we know it's the other is that the, the all time record for for consecutive clean sheets for Shire is that yeah that that's what I read anyway all time for the start of the season anyway five clean sheets brilliant achievement really the one thing we really have to ask ourselves now is they've played Disco Bride they got a draw last week no no uh, against one of the teams that you would probably think were were going to be up there um, should we be considering Shire in contention. You've got to think so. I think if you look at the, the league table just now, though, there is spot four or five teams there still in well within their chance of, of, of winning the league, I think. And these teams are going to play each other and possibly take points each off each other. So there's no reason why we should be discounting shy at this point. I think they've had a great start. Still, we can see the goal. I mean, that's that's a great start for any team. Five games, uh, no goals conceded. That's That's excellent. For them, and I think yeah, with well within the race, I think there was a lot of concerns around Shire at the start of the season where they maybe had lost a few players, but uh, the squad they built for this season looks like it's, it's going to be strong and definitely have them in contention. We've not really spoken a lot about Jamie Dishington. We were the Jamie Dishington fan cast for the longest period. Uh, I think he's been in the last sort of couple of seasons, uh, listeners team of the season, but he seemed like he had a great game the day, but we can't really take anything away from Andy Rogers getting a hat-trick uh, Hopefully, I'll be firing Shire, uh, you know, goal. We've not, the thing is, Ben, we've not really seen a lot of teams, apart from maybe, I think, East Kilbride beat Gretna 6-1. We've not seen floods of goals uh, from the top teams. Yeah, well, apart from BSC scoring six against Vale yeah. uh, in their match. Uh, however, obviously, Vale did score four in that game too. But, yeah, I think it's been it's been quite close. The Kelly, the Kelly won 4-0 against them the week before as well. Um, so certainly Vale are, are leaking the goals, and um, unfortunately for them. But yeah, can't can't discount uh, Shire at all. I think they look they look good for for what they've built this year, and, and hopefully they'll they'll keep the the league competitive right to the end. Moving on to the next uh, the next match uh, in the first was BSC Glasgow uh, versus Berwick Rangers. It was a 0-0 draw. 
uh, at the end of the drill. Moz is mob. Normally, Moz would run us through this, but unfortunately, he has some internet issues, I think, so he's not with us tonight. Uh, but we'll run through just quickly. Uh, it was an early chance for, for Calum Smith at Berwick. Um, as Alan turns a pass into his path, and he can't direct it goalwards. Not long after that, uh, there was a chance for Michael Anderson, who was one-on-one um, with Horn and blasted the ball right over the bar after a great, a great pass from Jamie Hamilton. Andy Gegan one cleared off the line uh, around the 27-minute minute mark uh, from a corner was whipped in and he, he went for a volley. Uh, it was cleared off the line, as I say, and almost exactly like the goal he scored on uh, Wednesday night. It was, a, it was a cracking goal on Wednesday night. Uh, literally, ball came in. He was unmarked on the, the edge of the box and, and banged in. But they obviously tried that trick in training and um, unfortunately didn't come off from um, in the game against uh, Berwick. Darren Christie um, had a chance. He was inside the box and he tried to put a wee pass into to Jamie Hamlin. But um, Finney got the vital touch and cleared out um, as Darren Christie tried to find uh, Hamilton in the box. Darren Christie, Darren Christie a great player uh, for... Um, BSC, I'm a big, big fan. Everyone knows that by now for sure. Next was Andy Gagan, went down with an injury. Uh, he was taken off at, just before half time. Ross Lyon came on the park to hopefully maybe give him a bit of a, an extra dimension on the on the wing. Uh, game finished, no, not at half time. Uh, and the second half restarted with uh, Declan Hughes, putting a ball in the box for Ross Lyon, um, who flicked it back to Ryan Tierney, and Ryan Tierney managed to put a great save from the keeper just to put it around the post. The wind was still kind of playing. Havoc with the game, and I think it made, as we said before, made a lot of games very, very difficult. However, uh, Sam Daniel had a, tried a pot shot which catches the wind and the deflection nearly caught out David Wilson, but he was managed to just put it round the post and, and keep it out the, the BSC uh, net. A corner came from that, uh, and it was a vicious strike which was blocked by the Beck striker Calum Smith. The best chance the second half came though to Alfie Aguiman. Jamie Hamlin splits the defence to play in Alfie Aguiman, and it was a great save by Horn in the Berwick goal. Lewis Berger goes for a cross and uh, almost managed to beat Horn. However, I think it was probably, again, wind assisted, but didn't quite make it in the net. Uh, final chance came, what was that? I think it was a, a penalty claim. I think it ended up being a free kick. Uh, Alfie Aguiman was, was taken out by Ryan Finney, but uh, the ref gave a free kick rather than a, a, a penalty. And Jamie Hamilton, um, he took the free kick and uh, Horn, the Berwick keeper, put it around the post uh, just to make sure. Uh, to keep the game 0-0. Um, certainly, uh, sounds like a game of, of plenty of chances, but no one really finding it. Yeah, full time 0-0. Um, I think his full name's Pierre Horn, but he gets called Doogie Horn. I think that confused me. When when Berwick played Spartans, I was like, why is he getting called? I think that's his first name, but I think he gets called Doogie for whatever reason, maybe a middle name or something. But yeah, it sounded like the wind obviously wrecked havoc on that game. I believe it was called Man of the Match uh, <laughs> uh, at one point. So yeah, um I think it'll be interesting. I'm sure Mozo's probably had a wee bit of stick from the Berwick lads because I'm sure he mentioned something about <laughs> uh, defensive frailties. Uh, I believe on their, their uh, Let It Be BRFC podcast. FC, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a really decent result, actually. Not one I was expecting. I thought BSC with the, the amount of goals they've scored recently. I know Berwick were, I've had a, not too many issues defensively, but they've not really put loads past teams, so uh, away away from home, that's a fantastic result against BSC. Yeah, I think BSC to, to drop a point, so they're certainly a team that want to be up there fighting, um, but you probably can't be losing um, games like that if you want to keep keep in touch with the likes of East Kilbride or, or Kelty or, or Shire, for example, or Bonnes even. Um, you've certainly got to keep trying to keep tabs on those teams and to drop two points is probably going to be Certainly disappointing for, for Swifty and the, the BSC lads, but I'm sure they'll bounce back um, coming up um, on Saturday. Uh, one note, obviously, um, I think Andy Geegan, he's not out uh, for BSC as well. All right, OK. Uh, he played on Wednesday night and he scored a, scored a screamer um, on Wednesday night from, the, from that corner. and uh, So hopefully he's back, but if he did go off at, what, 40 minutes in the game, so hopefully he's not too bad because he did look like a good player. I've, I've watched a few of the BSC games now on on. Uh, Saturday's quite fortunate that our games have been finishing kind of uh, enough time to kind of catch a second half of BSC matches and Gagan looks looks apart. He came from what was it air, I think it was. And yep. certainly it looks like he's um gonna fit right right in at the home at, at BSC for sure. Yeah, and uh, one player that, that's certainly been raved about down at Berwick, um I've I've always kinda rated him actually. I, um before he went to Queen's Park last season when he came back uh, from Sweden, I believe. Um yeah, he should have been picked up by a lone league team. But uh, Ryan Finney, he's been very impressive for Berwick 
uh, so far. Uh, they, I did get a wee, well, I guess it wasn't a question, but uh, Ryan Finney over Sergio Ramos. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> um, I need to see more of Ryan Finney first before I decide on that one. Well, he's certainly got the discipline record on his side. I don't think he's had too many <laughs> send-ins off. But no, I, I really rate Ryan. I'm, I'm glad he's uh, he's finding his form at uh, Berwick. I know he was sort of looking when he was uh, sort of let go or whatever happened with Queen's Park. But it's certainly a, a player I rate and he, he's doing really well at Berwick, which is great to see. All right, moving on to the next game. And uh, the first was Bonnie Rigg versus Cumbernauld Colts. It was a 1-1 draw uh, at New Dundas Park. Drop points again for Bonnie Rigg. Yeah, yeah. Is it New Dundas or New Douglas Park? I'm not sure. <laughs> Dundas, Dundas, I'm sure is. With the announcement of Sean Connery because he played for Bonnerig, I believe uh, in a few papers they put down his New Douglas Park, the, the home of Hamilton Ackies rather than uh, Bonnerig Rose. Oh, OK. But yeah, a, another game that was obviously hampered by the weather. I didn't see much to shout about and up until half-time. Uh, it was 0-0, a wind playing its uh, part. Early into the second half, 50th minute, it was a goal for Cumbernauld. Cameron Foy gets on the end of a free kick to fire past Weir. There was a decent chance for Bonnie Rigg. Uh, Lee Curry fires just wide from the edge of the box in the 57th minute. Uh, 66th minute, it was uh, Lee Curry getting his second yellow card of the match, so Bonnie Rigg were down to 10 men. Uh, there was a penalty shout on the 73rd minute. Dean Brett goes down in the box and Rose claimed for a penalty, but the ref uh, waves play on. I believe Robbie Horn called it a stone waller. I did watch the highlights uh, done by um, Amy Canavan, who done an excellent job. But for me, this wasn't a penalty. I thought Dean done really well to get in between the Colts players. But the, I think it's like the it was really weird. Uh, I'll try and do my best to describe this, but obviously the highlights are out there if you want to sort of catch them yourselves. But it looked to me like the Colts players' trailing leg kind of got caught with. Dean Brett, if that makes sense, but he was wasn't even looking at Dean Brett. He was like in front of him, so it was very, very strange. But it, it literally looked like the their two legs sort of got caught. It's really you would have to see it for yourself, but the highlights are there. So it wasn't a stonewaller for me anyway. Seventy uh, fourth minute, Scott's Gray's corner evades everyone and finds the far corner to bring Rose level. So a goal, a goal straight. From from a corner, basically, I think again, wind assisted uh, in this one. Ninety uh, first minute, Cumbernauld think they've won it at the death, but the goal was disallowed by the referee. It remains one one. What happened was um, at first I was like, why is that not a goal? But if uh, the highlights, you can see clearly see the Colts player basically he's all over the keeper Mark Weir. He's like backing into him. Uh, Mark Weir had no chance, so it's obviously a foul. Uh, fair enough. And Bonnie Rigg did have a one final chance. Andy Mayer uh, cross almost beats the keeper. It was actually really, really close uh, for Bonnie Rigg. But I think on reflection, uh, obviously Bonnie Rigg will be disappointed to to uh, drop more points. But I think uh, Robbie May, they did show a, a wee bit of character, obviously with 10 men against the Cumbernauld Colts side, similar to, I guess, Stolen Uni, who they also brought points to. They, on their day, could probably take points off the, the top teams. We've mentioned the universal itself. and in terms of Bonnie Rigg, they'll be disappointed to lose uh, to lose two points against a team like Cumbernauld. They are one of the teams that probably you would have up there, and they can, uh, let's say, what six teams that you can probably look like they're going to challenge for the title, and, and another another points dropped by by Bonnie Rigg. You've got to, I guess, be really disappointed with that, and um, again had dropped points on Wednesday to to University of Stirling. They're going to be uh, having to play catch up now to try and kind of. Keep keep abreast with, with these teams above them. Yeah, I mean, you, you, ideally, if you're Bonnie Rigg Rose, who are still among my favourites, I would say, you don't want to be dropping points early, especially when it looks like East Kilbride and Kelly are getting results early on. But at the end of the day, they've not lost any. I know it's four points dropped over the last two games, and they've got uh, another big game coming up, as we'll, we'll mention a wee bit later on, but I wouldn't be too concerned, but certainly a wee bit frustrated, I guess, from Robbie and the, the lads there. Yeah, I, I think so. I think hopefully they can bounce back on, on Saturday for sure, but uh, certainly not a, not a good time to be to be dropping points when, when our teams are getting the results on the board for sure. Moving on to the next game, Cali Braves versus Kelty Hearts, and it was a close game. It was 1-0 win to Kelty at Alliance Park. Uh, it's a very, very close game. Not much to talk about, to be honest, um, in terms of, of Kelty, but uh, they managed to get the, the, the points and, uh, and a game that, again, was probably marred by 
kind of poor conditions. It seems to be the order of the day, the, the wind and the rain, and um, a lot of the games was, was really affecting them. But Celtic managed to get that victory, and that's probably one of those kind of results that you'll see from from Celtic that will that makes him a top top team because he can go and play in these tough kind of away grounds and and certainly get the get the result that they need to when when it's required. Yeah, they got the goal quite early on. I think twelfth minute through uh, Scott Hooper, but I've been given. I, I gave Braves a lot of stick. I guess last last week on the podcast, and they they did get their first win midweek, and they've it looks like they've sort of turned. Uh, you know, a close game with Kelly. I, I know the the conditions obviously played a part, and there wasn't a lot to talk about. But um, yeah, hopefully they can build on that Cali Braves, and and as you say, in, in terms of Kelly and. You know, it's one of those results that they've just sort of escaped by. But uh, I'm not 100% sure if Nathan Austin's back yet. But I fully fit Nathan Austin. They'll start scoring goals again and we'll, we'll be up there. But the most important thing is, similar to Scott Bride, they're, they're getting the, the wins and they're, they're challenging at the very top without their, one of their main guys. And uh... Yeah, I mean, they've got a really strong squad. Have they killed with the Brighton? Obviously, Higginbotham, we've spoken about him plenty. And he looks like he's making kind of a lot of chances for them as well as it's putting the ball in the net so even if they have kind of been playing without Fash it, it looks like there's a lot of guys have stepped up and, and managed to, to continue the, the good form that they had last season so nothing we wouldn't, don't really expect from, from Kelty but it's still a tough game by the sounds of it but they, they do get the points which is, is all the important thing right now and keeping keeping tabs on, on these other teams for sure Yeah and, I, and, and we obviously mentioned Nathan Austin there but I think it's similar where the Caledonian Braves, I don't think they've had Ross McNeil, I think he's been injured, so he's one of their sort of top men to go for. I'm only, I'll say this, I'm only hard on teams that I actually rate, so <laughs> so there's a saving grace there for Cali Braves, but it's good that they picked up their first points uh, midweek. A tough one against Kelty, but again, you know, they're against a team that's potentially going to be right up there at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of, kind of hype around um, Cali Braves, certainly uh, at the start of the season, I, thought, I personally thought they'd do quite well. Uh, maybe haven't started obviously too well, having lost four. But um, hopefully that that even having a good performance against against Kelty will, will help them, and they'll be taking a build on that from obviously from Wednesday night. You haven't picked up some points in, on Wednesday. Moving on to the next game, it was several several stores versus uh, University of Stirling. It was a one 0 win for several. Um, I think it was one of those games that quite close throughout and. I think we've talked a lot about Stirling through the through the course of the last few weeks and how they've started brightly. A little bump in the road, I guess, in terms of this game. Yeah, it was similar, Ben. Uh, an early goal, uh, not, not 12 minutes this time, the 13th. The ball was lost in midfield and uh, Big Alou Fay uh, has time to go around Ben Fry and a few uh, and a few defenders and fires home. I, I thought he'd actually overdone it for a wee bit, but the big man done well uh, and he gave them the lead. Civil service strollers, Christy Gas Park, I know they've no had sort of the best time lately in terms of results they're you know, Christy Glass Park they're a strong team they give anyone a game it's a hard place to go for uh, for any team really but uh, in terms of University of Stirling they from what I've read they, they never really looked their, their selves in the first half they were better in the second but um, tough conditions again the wind uh, Christy Glass Park on a cold day on a windy day I've been there myself not not the greatest uh, for football if if you've got them conditions going against you. Uh, Strollers obviously go up to be a bit better with the tight pitch and conditions and made more chances whilst being solid at the back. One thing we have to really say, although I don't want to take too much away from civil service Strollers, it's a decent result, but have we been given University of Stirling too much credit lately, Ben? Some may say, Chris, some may say, but I think it's um, certainly certainly been warranted. The start of the season really well, only kind of, this is only what we're saying defeating in six games and uh, playing against Bonnyrigg on Wednesday, picking up the, the draw, which is uh, a good result for, for University of Stirling, I, I would think. And, um, no, I think it, it's warranted, the, the credit they've been getting, because I think they've started brightly. Uh, they seem to have built a good squad. Um, obviously, the, the situation with the universities in, in terms of trying to build a squad is a wee bit different from the teams who have got perhaps got money or um, can bring guys in. So, for, for building a team and having the, the abilities that they do, it's great to see. And I think I think the, the, the praise is, is, is just as theirs. Because um, if you look at, for example, another university team like Edinburgh, who are sitting, what, 14th on the table and 
um, they're in similar conditions in terms of t- in terms of size and how they're made up. So um, it's great to see University of Stirling sitting yeah, in the top half of the league for sure. Yeah, it's a great start. They have picked up some really good results and they were unlucky against East Bride. I mean, they do train a lot more than other teams, the uni teams, and they, they may do have like the best of facilities and the best of, best everything, really. But because they're limited with who they can bring in, a lot of them, and you know what, they have some really decent players, I've always said that, decent young players, but they, they do lack, in terms of other teams, probably higher-up experience. I know uh, a lot of the youngsters at Stirling Uni have SPFL, they were at pro-youth level, maybe lack the experience of higher-up in terms of senior squads. So, yeah, I think is I think we have to credit Stirling Uni for the start they've made. Um, but I do understand that there's different... I mean, they're playing football and training a lot more. Uh, they've only... You know, a lot of them are younger. They probably don't have a lot of the concerns in terms of job-wise if they're, they're studying and they, they might not have family uh, like everyone else. But, yeah, the results speak for themselves. I think University of Stirling, I don't think we've overdone it with the praise, to be honest, in terms of where I think they'll be compared to where other teams will be, if that makes sense. Yeah, just to pick up on one of the points you made there, Chris, about the, the, maybe the players having a bit more, kind of, having less, um, kind of, worries or concerns I think I think yeah fair enough that maybe you'll see teams players at, at other clubs um, maybe having to look after their family or do a, a, do a full shift and then go to training however I think to, to give the guys at um, universities telling their dues I mean they've still got to put in a, a shift and go to, to lectures and, and do all their work and probably sit and write um, essays and all that kind of stuff and exams that that concern they maybe have about doing kind of exams to make sure they pass their courses. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that um, they've got some sort of kind of less pressure. I feel like because they've got it's different pressure. I think that's the thing about it. Yeah, as I said, they, some teams will have of other other worries, but the, going to university and, and doing a, a four year stint at a, at a degree, an honours degree at university still and perhaps living at the uni and away from home as well and and all that that comes to. So I don't think I don't think it's, it's um, we can use that as a as a sl- on university still, and because they do have perhaps a different a different outlook and how they they have a life sort of thing. So um, I don't think that's a fair a fair thing to say, really. And um, in terms of facilities and all that, that only goes so far as well. In terms of you still have to have a manager um, who who can build a team and, and tactically set up his team and and work through things like the shape and all that. They may have more time to do it for sure, but in terms of, of, of that, they're still going to go and do it on a Saturday, in which they have been doing, so, so fair play at University of Stirling. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's certainly an interesting chat. I think uh, you're right. I believe there is, is different pressures, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to playing football, and it all comes down to what happens on the pitch. And really... You can you cannot take anything away from Stirling Uni with the start they've had. Yeah, I think just on the the, the bit about experience as well. I think your know, other sides will have signed guys who have played um, at a high level for a number of years. You look at like BSE for example, having a guy like Andy Gagan who's played most of his career at United and what the Championship, and uh, he's now now at BSE at University of Stirling. Not going to have guys like that in their team by and large, so that may be something that they'll. As you get down the stretch, they maybe don't have those kind of experienced bodies on their side to really pull them through. But yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of, of what University of Stirling have done so far this season, and I think they absolutely deserve everything that's been said about them. Yeah, moving on to East Kilbride versus the Spartans, the two former uh, Lone League champions. Uh, it was a game at K Park that East Kilbride won 2 0. Similar, not much happened in the, the first half. Half time was 0 0. Again, I believe uh, the conditions played a part. Uh, goal for East Kilbride. Uh, sorry, Stephen Bell starts playing the ball to slides a lovely ball through to Paul Woods, who hits it first time into the roof of the net, giving East Kilbride the lead. It was a second on the 72nd minute. Armstrong on the right whips a great ball into the back post. Waiting is Smith, who nods it back across goal to Stephen Bell, who heads it home. There was a penalty to Spartans on the 89th minute. Uh, I believe it was Archie Meekinson who stepped up, uh, hits it well, but it was a fantastic save by uh, Connor Brennan. Give them the clean sheet and the win. Uh, East Kilbride won winning that 2-0. Uh, an interesting one. You'd probably, especially at Cape Park, give, give East Kilbride the, the favourite tag, if you will. Uh, Spartans have been kind of hit and miss. Obviously, I've seen a, 
a lot of them lately. But yeah, East Kilbride, another one uh, that's, that they've got through the conditions there and got all three points. Yeah, I think you look at East Kilbride side. They've got they've got a great side, um, gelling well as well, uh, and, and managing it to kind of grind out those those results. Uh, just a quick question for me, Chris. Uh, Connor Brennan, is he the, the ex Kilmarnock um, goalkeeper? Is it the same person? He was at Derby at one time. Yeah, um, it's No, I just remember I've been a Kilmarnock fan. I remember um, seeing Connor come, come, coming through the ranks, and I'm sure um, he went off to Derby at one time in his, his career. Um, he was kind of destined for big things. I didn't realise he was he was at East Kilbride, but um, he was a good keeper in his day at Kilmarnock, and he must be what, in his 20s now, right enough, but um, sounds like he's made a good save on the, on the penalty. Uh, in the game against Sparrows. Okay, so looking at uh, the final game and the, the fixture list, it was Edinburgh University versus Gretna 2008. It was a 1-0 win for Edinburgh University. And um, basically, I think, um, a very quiet game, scrappy game by all, by all accounts. And But Uni managed to also grab the first win of the season, uh, the first points of the season. And it was um, a great move finished off by Dave Maskey. Uh, what can only be described as a slightly breezy East Pepper Mill. I wonder if that uh, comment is some sort of sarcasm because I don't know anywhere that had a, a slight breeze um, on Saturday uh, anywhere in Scotland, never mind um, uh, East or West. But yeah, first first victory for Fred Mooney. I'm uh, to be honest, I have to give credit to Edinburgh Uni. I fancied Gretna to win this one. Two teams that this would have been sort of a battle towards the bottom last season, and it's looking like the same this season. Tell you, well, that's a sickener for Gretna. I know they've got a few boys that are injured, but you've had to look at that game and say that Gretna should have won that. But Edinburgh Uni, I believe they were, when we last talked about them, I think they had played well against Cumbernauld Colts. And fantastic win, really. And it's and it's win, the, the problem with this for Gretna, I think, not wanting to focus too much on Gretna, but it's one of those games that these are the, the end of the season that will matter for the sort of teams towards the bottoms if they're going to have you know between 3 6, 9, 12 15 points and I would be very very worried uh, of losing that game uh, if I was a Gretna fan Yeah I think so, I think it's looking like um, it's going to be a difficult season for, for Gretna and, and Vale, I think both teams are looking like they're going to, going to maybe, maybe struggle a little bit, I think I watched them on last Saturday against BSC, and there was there was flashes of, of, of good play, but I think they look like they've got their challenges ahead for sure. And I think you don't want to get into that sort of dogfight just now. And I think they're going to need to do something quickly to get to turn around and, and, and get on because I'm not too sure where that's going to come. They've got some difficult factors coming up, and they really need to try and get points. You're probably expecting them to win um, or get points against Edinburgh Uni normally, and uh, however, no, no, um, not to discredit. At the beginning, it's a great result for them, and I think um, Kent are going to be really concerned. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And as I said, we can't take it away from Uni. It's a fantastic result, but a wee bit worrying for Grant. I think they've got a good chance next week. We'll obviously get into it. But in terms of, uh, we had a few questions, Ben. I think we've answered a, a couple of them okay. through that time. But uh, what sort of clubs have impressed you? Uh, maybe kind of shocked you of where they are in the league, and and on the other note. The other side of the uh, good and the bad, basically. Um, who who sort of stands out for both? I think for me, terms of stand out, it's Bournemouth United. I think coming up from the East League last season, um, promoted up, and and they're coming into to obviously. Well, let's face it, you probably as a team coming up from the the kind of the tier six level of Scottish football, you really want to kind of just consolidate a position probably in the Oakland League right now. Um, and your first season up there, but Bonnets look like they're going to be um, going toe to toe with with Kilby and uh, Kelty, BSC, and and certainly Shire because I think they, they look great. They've built a, their squad looks strong, and they they'd certainly have every chance to to certainly to run run the teams close. Can they win it? I'm I'm not really sure, but I think they're going to be up there um, without. In terms of Kind of bad. I think I'm disappointed with Cali Braves. I think I expected more more from them um, at the start of the season, and it just doesn't seem to be happening for them. Uh, I'm not too sure why that is, but I think um, I expected them to be probably sitting probably top half of the table by now, and they're sitting kind of very close to the to the bottom. Yeah, impressed. Um, is a really good shout actually, but I'm going to go with East Stirlingshire just for the the fact that uh, I always rate 
the job that Dell and Andy are doing there, but I didn't quite expect them to have the decent start that they have, especially having played, you know, like East Kilbride, for example. So I'm going to choose East, East Stollinger for that. Uh, they're also, I would consider them dark horses as well. For the bad, I would agree with you, mate. Um, Caledonian Braves, I know I said it earlier, I was a wee bit maybe harsh with them last last week. Fair enough, they picked up uh, their first win uh, midweek. They done, I think, a, probably a decent job against Kelty, only to be one 0 But yeah, they need to really push on for me. But in terms of players, I'll go with a Spartans player because uh, I've seen them the majority uh, of the sort of games. I would say uh, young Archie Meekinson on loan from Dundee United has been very impressive. I know he missed a penalty against East Kilbride, but he's been really, really decent from what I've seen of him. Really looks like he's he has the chance to maybe move up higher up if he keeps putting in these sort of performances, maybe SPFL, hopefully a few years, and he's and he's playing for the senior team at Dundee United. But yeah, he's been very lively, very impressive, always a wee bit tricky. I've been really impressed with Archie. What about yourself, mate? I know you've probably not seen every sort of game for Lowland, but is there maybe a, well, you said you've BSC, have you, has anyone been impressive for you? Um, I think the two players that stand out for me so far from, from what I've seen is obviously Darren Christie at BSC, I think. Uh, knowing Darren uh, from his time at Bees and, and what a player he was for Bees, he moved to Pollock, obviously, in the uh, in the summer, and Pollock not playing meant that, that Darren Christie could could move up and play for BSC. He looks, I think, probably one of the, their best players in terms of the side uh, that they have. They've got some some great players, no doubt. I've, I've obviously watched a few games now because, uh, probably largely because it's free, let's be honest, I think. <laughs> and obviously Moza as well, having uh, an interest at, at BSC. But yeah, I think that Darren Christie looks excellent. I think he... Um, will only get better as well as the season goes on. Uh, the one thing I was a bit disappointed about Darren Christie is I have seen he signed a new contract with um, <laughs> the Pollock um, already. I, I think I think um, I would have liked to have seen him maybe stick around at BSC because uh, being a bit selfish as a, as a Conan um, person, Conan's person, um, I don't want to see Darren Christie against me at any point. So if he was playing for BSC, it would suit me quite fine because um, I wouldn't have him um, coming up against us when we play Pollock maybe next season. Uh, no, a player that stands out, Callum Higginbottom um, at Kelty, I think. No, no, from Kilmarnock. He was probably a difficult one at Kilmarnock. He came into the Kilmarnock side um, when it was a wee bit kind of, let's see, Shit, like it's probably the best way to describe it. Um, and he was a, a decent enough player, but I don't think he really got going at Kilmarnock. And he's obviously went down a, a couple of levels now. He's, he's playing at Kelty, but he absolutely looks a standout in that side. He's, uh, he's creating chances, he's scoring goals. And I think he's going to be a useful a useful player to have kind of down the, the entire entire season. Um Apart from that, I see you're right. I don't really see an awful lot of games. Um, I'm probably just catching highlights here and there of, of teams, and I've only seen a couple of games kind of live as like as you like. But um, the other one I think um, is probably I think Jamie Dishington. It he's still in. I see a lot of, a lot of him in terms of um, being talked about. He's a good player. And Shire have, have done well this season, so yeah, they're probably the three standouts for me in terms of uh, this season so far. Yeah, I love, I love, we love Dish on this podcast. Like he's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've spoke too much about him. But he seemed like he had a really decent game against Vale. Obviously, got a goal as well, but set up a few. Uh, the coverage for the league's been great this season. Actually, I mean, we're, we're trying more things, but a lot of streams available. I know Moza's done fantastically well with Twitch. Um, Sparring's obviously doing it for free with Cameron and myself as well. So the coverage has been great, but. Uh, one one lingering question: uh, Do you think the season will still get completed? Yeah, I think it will. I think I think I said at the start of the season, I uh, started the, the podcast when we had the prediction um, episode, and I, I said I questioned that myself. But I think it, I think it probably will. I think yeah. clubs are getting into a rhythm now of how they're playing their games and they're trying to adjust without any fans. I think most clubs who want to play will be playing, and they'll have. Agreement set up with the players where maybe they're not maybe paying the full amounts or they're paying expenses or or things like that. So the, the team should have probably um, kind of forecasted now if, to to be able to survive without any fans. I think obviously the fan thing is a is a an important issue in terms of fi- finances for clubs. But I think any any sensible 
committee or board at a club um, should really be kind of forecasting that out and making sure that they can do it uh, for the entire season because we're not, we don't know when, when fans are going to get back into football and I think by all means if we can get them back in sooner rather than later but if you look around the world and and see kind of lockdowns happening and suggestions of lockdown in Scotland, I think you might see a pause in the season maybe at some point. But however, it depends how that plays out in terms of uh, the lockdown. But I think I think we'll be okay. I think certainly you might see a few teams drop out within the, the next maybe few weeks or, or months, certainly. Um, and is it in the Lowland League you can drop out up till Christmas is it without any penalty yeah there's a there's a sort of break in December I think the worry for me I'm not really necessarily worried about the Lowland League but certainly maybe the East of Scotland I think there might be a few teams drop out there yeah I think it's the same in the, in the West to be quite honest I think you'll see teams for example in the conferences in the West um, they know now they don't have promotion or, or relegation or anything like that to play for they're playing just for the kind of to win a league effectively and it's not really going to be um, about the promotion. So you might start to see teams that, that maybe don't see any point to, to playing um, if they maybe starting to struggle financially and, and things like that. Maybe they, you might get to Christmas and the players maybe feel like they don't, their heart's not in it anymore. I'm not saying that, that about anyone in particular, but I think you might find that, that people might start to lose their their interest because you probably find that just now it's all it's all new and exciting the season started up and, and kick on but once you get to maybe three or four five months down the line and, or whenever it is December you can cut off three months down the line or whatever it is um, you might start to see people kind of starting to, to drift away a little bit and, and certainly um, they might struggle but I think as I say you know, in terms of full season I think that'll, that'll be okay Alright looking ahead to the next the fixtures on Saturday, the 7th of November. We'll start with Bonus versus Berwick. Very tough. Very, very tough. I know uh, Bonus dropped points midweek. They weren't playing on Saturday due to the postponement, but Berwick have done quite well away. So, uh, I really don't know how to call that one. Uh, I'll go with a draw. I'm going to go with Bonus victory. I think Bonus look okay, excellent. Well, they may be being affected by their, their game being off on Saturday, perhaps, but I think they, they certainly look like capable of, of, of beating Berwick. Next one is the official catch-up derby. It's BSC Glasgow versus the Spartans. Tough one again, uh, because obviously BSC drew with Berwick. Spartans have been kind of hit and miss from what I've seen uh, recently. So, well, actually, I wouldn't say they've been hit and miss recently. Uh, I the last two, I've not been watching them or commentating, so I've not really seen them, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a close. They're, these games always seem quite fiery between BSC Glasgow and Spartans. Those are, Spartans always seem to have sort of fiery games between BSC Glasgow and uh, notably uh, East Orlandshire. So I think any can, anything can happen in these sort of games. It's, it's kind of like a competitive derby, if you will. So uh, I can't call that one. BS, as I say, I've watched a few games now. I haven't seen much Spartans team yet. Um, I've, I'll catch the highlights usually, but I haven't managed to catch a live stream apart from the Friday night game that you had against Canoe yeah, um, yeah. last week in the Cup. Uh, but BSC look great. I think they I think they look um, pretty good. Um, slight bump in the road in terms of not picking up the win against Berwick, but I think I think BSC will have enough. Just just to edge it, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a kind of 1-0 to 1 type um, result, but I'll go with BSC. Next one's Commonwealth Colts versus Galafredi Rovers um, at Broadwood. Very Again, close game, and it? it's going to be. Yeah, I think um, I think both teams are doing okay. I think Gala certainly doing better than than Cumbernauld, but um, I think I think I'll go for a draw here. Yeah, Gala have been surprising. They had two back to back wins uh, against Civil Service Strollers and Spartans. Going to Broadwood, bigger pitch, tougher. Yeah, I'm, I can't call that either. I think it's going to be a draw. Next one, East Orlandshire versus Bonnie Rigg at the Falkirk Stadium. Um, again, another close tie. I think a lot of the games you're looking at for, for this week are, are close matches. Shire with a yet to concede a goal. How can I fancy them to continue that and, and get a close kind of 1-0 victory? I, uh, I'm looking at this similar to when they played East Kilbride. I tipped Shire for that game. Obviously, it was a 0-0 draw. I think it's got every opportunity to be a 0-0 draw in this one. I think it's a good time to play Bonnie Rig Rose, having dropped them two points. If you're Shire, you're going to have... I think Shire have the momentum going into this, I would say. Probably a really good opportunity for, for Shire to to maybe even beat Bonnie Rig, but I think it's going to be close either way. Next game is Edinburgh University versus Cali Braves. 
Edinburgh obviously did absolutely die to get the points against Gretna, but I think uh, this may be Calibre's chance to, to really kind of turn the corner and try and kind of kick on from here. So I'm going to go with Calibre's to, to get the result here. I would agree, but they, they have to get a result here. They honestly do. I, I don't think... I mean, I would be absolutely delighted if Edinburgh Uni got the result, but um, we've both put Cali Braves in the sort of, the, I guess, the naughty bracket, I guess, of not <laughs> not doing what they need to do. So, um, yeah, Cali Braves have to win that for me, if they have any chance. I know it's really, really, really early in the season, but you, if you're Cali Braves, you have to look at that as a, a three-pointer. Yeah, because I think if we look at the next match coming up, it's getting a versus Vale uh, or Leaving. I think if you're Cali, you're looking at that match, and if one of those teams can get the result in that in that game, that really kind of pulls another team into that kind of the three point bracket that they've got a few teams sitting on just now. So, uh, and it will keep a, another team who's sitting kind of close to the bottom, kind of in touch with with Cali Braves and, and Cumberland Lowell. So, yeah, I think I think Cali Braves really do, as you say, need to get the result. But yeah, looking ahead to the Gretna game, um, Gretna versus Vale leaving. I think, um, for me, I think this could be the time that Gretna can get their, their first points on the board. I haven't seen much from from Vale to really to be overly concerned from, from Gretna. I think Gretna have shown some flashes of, of good play and I've got, they've got the chance. I think they're playing at home as well at Radio Park. So yeah, I'm going to go with Gretna to, to finally get a victory in the league. I think, again, I know it's really... Uh, way too early, but Gretna need to win this, I would say. I know we're saying we need to win it five, six games in, but like the dis- it was really disappointing uh, to get beat by Edinburgh Uni, and no disrespect to Edinburgh Uni, but I've heard a lot about, you know, Moza fancying Gretna this season, how things have changed and this and that, but I've, I've not really seen too much in terms of them really improving, which is uh, quite sad to say, but I know they've brought in a lot of youngsters and, and all that sort of stuff, but I still feel that club needs a wee bit more um, experience in terms of what they have in the park. Um, maybe a, one or two more experienced heads. But youth can be an asset. Obviously, Vela Levin have shown it. They, they were one of the younger sides last season, but they seem to to be doing well with what they have. The, the three young boys on loan from Bonnyrigg, uh, Levi Kinchant's done really well, Johnny Grotland. So... Vail, Vail uh, for me, are a wee bit different. I think they pose a threat going forward, so it's going to be interesting uh, for me. You know what? Just on the basis of what I've said, I'm going to go with Vail leaving. Yeah, I think you're right about the attacking threat that, that Vail do pose. I think they managed to put four past BSC a few weeks back, so they're obviously capable of scoring goals and just obviously can't get the can't get the results. Um, but I think if they, if they turned up and played like they did against, for example, the BSC game, I think they could they could definitely shock a few but I think and for me it's Gretna I think Gretna will manage to, to pull themselves out and just get a, get some points on the board and kick on Yeah I mentioned a wee bit earlier as well Gretna are missing uh, the likes of Dean Watson not not the one that's like, he's stalling at the moment <laughs> yeah, the other Dean Watson so he's he's a key player but they, they have got players that I like there but again I think maybe I'm being a wee bit too harsh uh, early on I got on with obviously Jonathan that listens in, and the, the I listened to the the Gretna fancast and that. So I just for me from what I see in that team, and I don't, I can't say I know all the boys. They just don't have enough at the moment for me, or and the results certainly haven't convinced me that they've they've moved on. Yeah, I think yeah, you're quite right there to point that out. So next game is Kelly Hearts versus East Kilbride, top of the table clash between uh, the two sides who are kind of pushing on and, and the teams we expect to probably be at the top anyway so um, I think again I've, I've mentioned it uh, it's throughout this fixture list but um, for me I'm going to go with Kelty I think I think they, they've been scoring well and um, I think they still to, still to, to lose and looking at the form in terms of both teams they're, they're pretty much neck and neck in terms of wins um, goals and scored and goals conceded so I think it's going to be a, a tough tough one to call but I think Kelty could just edge it at home I might have to admit this really really early on that I was wrong because I, I didn't think East Kilbride would win the title this season having seen a lot of their highlights um, and seen them I think they're going to beat Kelty um, controversial <laughs> but I honestly think East Kilbride will go to, to Kelty and beat them but but there is a wild card in that before everyone gets excited. If Nathan Austin is back fit and playing, 
Kelly will be a different team because he's, you know, he scored a sense. I love Fash, man. He scored buckets of goals, but that's what they need. Kelly are missing that at the moment. I think they need a proper out and out striker. And no offense to whoever's been playing up front, but Fash is the guy that does it for Kelly in terms of goal scoring. If he's back fit playing on Saturday, then Kelly will win. But if he's not, then East Kilbride will win. That's my prediction. I think I think that would be a surprise if, if either side did get the result because they're, they're both both been excellent. I think the thing about uh, Kelby is that the the thing that's not surprised me certainly, but the thing I was most concerned about about Kelby was the the fact that they were bringing in these new players and and you maybe take a wee bit of time to gel and kind of get together as a squad, but they seem to have done that straight away and um, they they're not disappointing at all. So I think I think for me I'm going to go with Kelby, but. There'd be no shock if it was a um if if you score by does win it, but I think I think both teams will go for it, so I think you'll probably get a winner. I, I don't think a draw maybe win the cards here, but I think it'll be potentially a, a high scoring game and um potentially like a kind of three two or something like that where there's there's definitely goals from, from both sides. So looking forward to seeing um the highlights of that for sure. Check it um but, one thing I will say though is Watch set plays. I bet there'll be a goal from. I bet if there's going to be goals in this, it'll come from corners. And I'm not going to say which for, for which team. Leave that final open. Final game. Final game. The fixture list is University of Stirling versus Dalbiti Star. I'll be very very quick about this one. I think uh, University of Stirling will, will coast past um, Dalbiti. I think they, like we said before, looking excellent. I don't expect them to to disappoint again. Uh, University of Stirling got beat by Dalbiti Star, if I remember correctly, quite heavily last season, fourth bank. So uh, we've not seen the best of Star, to be honest. I know they've had they've had quite a lot of t- tough fixtures as well. So this is a good opportunity for them to to really sort of show in terms of the results that they can get them, basically. But I, I still think University of Stirling because of the the momentum. I know they'd be disappointed with the loss against Strollers, but as we said earlier, Strollers are a hard place to go. Let's put it this way, Jamie Penker's got five goals. He's joint top scorer last season. The top scorer for University of Stirling last season, I believe, was Craig Brown, the captain. He wasn't the captain at the time, but he's the captain now. He only scored six. So, you know, he's he's one away from equaling uh, the top scorers yeah. last season. So, um, yeah, if they can keep scoring goals, University of Stirling, uh, they'll keep winning games. And that's the, the fixture list for, for Saturday, the 7th of November. Uh, just to round up, um, we'll go through the usual uh, plugs. You can get me on Twitter, it's at Mr. Ben Grant. Uh, Chris, where can everyone find you? At Rampant FM on Twitter. We'll give a wee shout-out to Moza. We know how much he loves his plugs. He couldn't make it today. Sadly, it's at Moza Plays on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else, Twitch. Catch-up is at Official Catch-up on Twitter. Uh, Lowland League Catch-up on Facebook. And if you just type in Official Catch-up on Google and you'll pretty much find us everywhere else that we're on. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, other places that I've not even heard of, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you on next week.